0: This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It definitely is a manic Monday, but also a fun day. Yes, the two can coexist. It is Scoop Podcast Episode 170 being recorded on Monday evening, the 27th of August. And a new Scoop Podcast means, yes, it can be a fun day. I always enjoy bringing you the latest on the local sports front. We'll get to Wolves Pobo slash Coach Tom Thibodeau in just a bit we also need to give some love to the latest new sponsor of the Scoop podcast it is My Bookie i'll tell you all about My Bookie after we chat with Tim Bergsma he is the managing director of Neurospeak Pro him and his partner Dr Royer have worked with Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins for some time now he can take us through how long they are all about optimizing human performance so whether it's sleep, vision, testosterone levels, he can take us through everything that they work with Kirk on. But I figured, hey, it's something different. I know that Dr. Royer came up in a recent news conference with Kirk Cousins. There's been a little blurb written in an SI story going back a year or two, a little in a blurb in a GQ story about Cousins, but figured, hey, we can get to know the human optimizing team behind Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. So let's catch up with Tim Bergsma. Tim, thank you for joining the the Scoop Podcast, in the open, I laid out that you and your partner have a long-standing relationship with Kirk Cousins, but why don't you lay out to me, to the listeners, how far back that relationship goes, how long you have known Kirk Cousins?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Kirk has been doing a lot of work with uh, primarily Dr. Royer, who is uh, my business partner, and uh, Dr. Royer actually started working with Kirk uh, back when Kirk was at Michigan State still. Um, and they, they talked about some goals that Kirk had, uh, laid those out, and uh, got to work. Got to work on strengthening his brain, strengthening his autonomic nervous system so that he could you know, handle the pressures of, at the time, college Big Ten football. And then ultimately, as he went into the NFL, became a starter, then kind of became the man um dr royer and uh we at neuropeak pro have partnered with him in that and uh you know he gets all of the credit because of all the hard work he's put in but you know we've been honored to be a part of that journey and uh helped in the in the small ways that we can
0: i'm curious i mean we'll get to to what you guys do when when you connect with him you know in person or via skype whatever facetime but but i'm curious about how the relationship evolved even more i mean was it, you know, was it his dad, Don? Was it somebody with the Michigan State staff? I mean, did he take it upon himself to seek you guys out? I'm curious. I mean, what year was it, 2011, that you guys first first connected?
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Um, it all started with Dr. Royer giving a lecture in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is uh, a town on the west side of Michigan that's actually mm-hmm. probably about 20 minutes from where Kirk grew up. Sure. Yeah. And Kirk's brother, Kyle, happened to go. Mm, And, uh, you know, afterwards, the the primary focus of the lecture was kids with ADHD and people with attention problems and some of these clinical issues. And, you know, the conversation kind of started with, Dr. Royer, if you can help take these kids who are on two, three medicines and focusing at the 20th percentile to the point where they can focus in the 75th or 80th percentile and many of them wean off their medicines could you take my brother and ultimately kirk could you take me to i'm already in the top couple percentile but i want to be on the pinnacle of performance can you take me there
0: that is i'm telling you i mean tim that is that is fascinating to me was was kirk on board right away did he did he embrace what you and dr royer your partner were, were all about? I mean, did he get what, what optimizing human performance was all about?
1: Yeah, so it's always a learning curve for anybody, right? There's a ton of education when it comes to understanding how the brain works, how the body works, um, and, and what the different levels of the brain look like. But Kirk is an incredibly intelligent and incredibly hardworking individual. You'll, you won't meet a smarter, nicer, harderworking guy out there. Um, And so Dr. Royer from day one said, okay, if we want to do this, here's your homework. You need to do these 10 things before we meet again next week. And the following week, Dr. Royer meets with them, and he goes, did you do the 10 things? He goes, I actually did those 10 things twice. I did 20 things. And, you know, you asked me to get in three sessions. I got in six sessions. You asked me to read the first part of this book. I read the entire book. Um, so while he, he, everybody goes through the learning process. Kirk really dove in because he wanted to understand it and really um, so that he could internalize and, and have that intrinsic uh, motivation in order to get better and in order to train in order to you know get to that top percentile that he that he
0: has achieved. Did you guys see that? That specialness about him, all those special qualities, hardworking, his smarts—did you guys recognize that right away? I
1: mean, yeah. There's no hiding it when it comes to Kirk. From if you have conversations with him, he is articulate, he is thoughtful, he is um, you know just very well spoken. And it goes beyond that with him. Beyond the intelligence, is just the type of human he is. If uh, he meets you one time and you mention that you have you know a kid who's Six, six months later when he talks to you, he's going to ask how kindergarten is going for your child. Yeah. You know, he's just, that, he's just that kind of person, uh, certainly a, a memory and a, a brain that is incredibly intelligent, and then he works hard to make the most out of it.
0: So, I mean, how much fun is it for you, for your partner, Dr. Royer, to work with him when he's so much on board, when he's so intelligent?
1: Yeah, it's fantastic because um, you only have to tell him things once. And you only have to explain things once. And, you know, he knows just as much as a lot of our staff do when it comes to training and how the brain, how the body works. Because, one, for six, seven years now, he's been using the, the neurofeedback technology. He's been engaging with Neuropeak Pro and our technicians and all of our different training um yeah, and it's a blast, and it's a lot of fun to see it, that pay off for him and for him to find that success because he's a guy that's so easy to root for that, um, and, you know, he is so hard work. He is doing all the right things. It's, it's, you love seeing that payoff because there's a lot of factors at play.
0: Tim, take us through a normal session with Kirk. Are you flying into town here often, the Twin Cities? Is Dr. Royer flying into town, or do you guys do it via, you know, whether it's Skype or or some other means of technology? Yeah, so it's a
1: little mix of of both. Uh, Dr. Royer and him connect all the time, but the main bit of training that he does, uh, and he's talked about this on a couple different magazine articles. If you actually look in, there's an article that he did in GQ. I did see that. Where he's at where there's actually an image of him hooked up to our equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, And he has gotten so good that he has become his own technician. He knows how to hook his own brain up. He knows what the different impedance and interference levels need to be, the the thresholds for a good connection. And then the beauty of a lot of the training that we do is it's all about the brain-computer interface. It's um, not so much the magic of what I say or I can do or one of our technicians or what Dr. Royer says and what he can do, but it's that brain interfacing with the technology at the firing of the electrical uh, frequencies and of the actual core of the brains. And we, we could get into the how that science works. We, you know, we could talk for hours about that, but... That's where the beauty lies, where that technology is meeting his brain exactly where it is and giving it positive and negative reinforcement that are going to decrease the brain waves associated with stress and anxiety, increase the brain waves that are associated with calm, creative focus, increase the brain waves that are uh, associated with recovery. And it is, it is doing that. It, the computer and the brain are having that back and forth are having that conversation. So, a lot of times he doesn't need us there. He has a unit that he can run in his home and we offer support throughout the way, but he's so good at the technology that he can hook up and, you know, daily run sessions and and see his brain get stronger.
0: All right, Tim, so take us through how what he's doing with his brain how how it directly translates to the football field. Like are there are there certain plays that you can that you can picture from last year or the year before throws he made as a Washington Redskin where you know that, that his brain was processing things a certain way, and because of the work you do with him, or maybe it's as simple as, you know, the work that you do with him certainly helped. I mean, ultimately, he still made that decision, that throw, whatever it might be. But are there specific examples you can cite to him where you know that the work you're doing has a direct relation to the success he has on the football field?
1: Absolutely. You hate to take credit for uh, Kirk being awesome at what he does. Um, so I do want to be a little bit careful of that because he is responsible for, you know, he, his success. Kirk's success is because of Kirk. Sure. And, yeah. um, you know, the hard work he puts in. Um, and, you know, there are some things that we, want to, that we need to keep proprietary because they are, you know, some of his personal information. But there are definitely things that we work on with him to handle pressure situations. Because he is a good quarterback. And, you know, there are people around, you know, in any field of practice, whether it's a business person or an NBA player or a quarterback or a golfer or whatever, that they are really, really good at what they do. What our training does is it helps unleash that no matter what the environment is. Well, a lot of players, a lot of athletes, we see that in pressure situations. They might kind of their their performance is impacted negatively. You know, the pressure gets on the line, and all of a sudden we see mistakes. Why? Because their brain and their body are starting to react, not in a performance setting, but in a stress setting. And they're not reacting like they should. Like, what's important when Kirk takes the snap is that he reads this defense and that he makes that right play. But what can happen and what oftentimes we have the propensities to happen when the pressure is on – It's no longer about reading the defense. It's about, oh, shoot, it's fourth down. What about last time? What about last week? Hey, what about the fact that I signed this big contract? What if I make a mistake here? What if I, you know, throw an interception? And those are all different things, whether it's conscious thought or subconscious thought, that get in the way of the actual action of performance. And what our training does is it helps eliminate that. It helps train the brain to operate the optimal um, reaction to the actual circumstance. So that is where we see, uh, you know, guys like Kirk and specifically Kirk, where they're when they're able to perform under pressure and when they're able to handle more and more pressure and their performance not waver or even in some senses get better under those high levels of pressure. That's when we know that their brain and body are, are exactly where we want them to be. And yeah, our training does play a part in that.
0: Is his brain and body where you want it to be as he heads into this first season with the Vikings? I mean, you briefly touched on it, Tim. The big contract, I mean, heck, there's, there's all sorts of pressure when you're the quarterback of the Washington Redskins when you're playing on a year-to-year contract. I mean, he dealt yeah. with a ton of pressure. But this is a different animal now here in Minnesota with the big contract, with big expectations. I mean, he's no longer the underdog. You know, I mean, he's, he's made it. How is he dealing with those expectations, that different type of pressure?
1: Yeah, you know, the, um, the goal is that that doesn't come into play. The goal is that he performs at his best, whether he is going into the Big Ten season at Michigan State or whether he's the backup quarterback at the Washington Redskins or he's the guy in Minnesota. Performance happens when he can get that ball in his hands, read the defense, and execute a play. And so, you know, all of that is, is secondary. And, you know, what our training is looking to do and what he's worked at for the last seven years is for those facts to become irrelevant when, the, when he gets the snap.
0: How important is sleep and maximizing his sleep, sleeping the right way, getting the most out of his sleep? How important is sleep to Cousins' success? And how involved are you guys with his sleep and his sleep patterns?
1: Oh, Sleep is vital. Sleep is absolutely imperative to performance. And that's whether you're a teacher or a business person or a salesperson or an NFL quarterback. Sleep is paramount because what happens in sleep, and sleep is such a bad word for what we do at night, it's like we would never say, oh, I'm awake during the day. You would say, oh, I went to work and then I went home to my family. Well, during sleep there's all these different stages of sleep from deep sleep where body recovery happens and testosterone is regulated and human growth hormone is developed all these things that happen during deep sleep and then REM sleep where memory is consolidated problem solving occurs and all these brain functioning all this brain functioning happens and when you look at an NFL quarterback both of those are vital if he doesn't if his testosterone tanks or his human growth hormone is, uh, is inhibited because he's not getting that deep sleep, or if his brain recovery is inhibited and he's unable to consolidate memories and he has that added stress to the brain, those things are going to diminish performance so quickly. And so sleep is valued super highly. And, you know, Kirk, as he's become more and more educated on the importance of sleep, has started to, Take a lot of care into that because, you know, there's, there's only so much that taking more reps on the practice field can do if your brain and body aren't there. And he has done a great job of protecting his sleep, of valuing his sleep, and assessing his sleep. He knows when he needs to protect it a little extra. He knows when, um, you know, he's in a really good spot because he's utilized some of the technology that we have to measure that and to, to continually Track that because he understands how important it is to performance.
0: What is that technology that you use with him? Yeah, so we have uh, one of the things we have is a mobile
1: polysomnograph, for lack of a better term, um, where it goes kind of far beyond just the wearable, where that's tracking um, the movement of your wrist or it might be tracking heart rate, but it's actually a, a all night EEG, where we can track and uh, norm against a age uh, an age norm database where we can say for your age and for, you know, your situation, this is where you're sleeping from a percent of REM, a percent of deep sleep, a total REM. To, there's about 20 some key sleep indicators. We, you know, they're almost KPIs for sleep of um, what we want to see in sleep. And we know, are you getting enough deep sleep? Are you getting enough REM sleep? Is it exactly where it needs to be or Is it off a little bit? And we know if it is off, here's what we need to do. We need to double down on some of the brain training. We need to maybe, maybe the efficiency isn't there so that we need to to value the time in bed. And instead of getting seven, seven and a half, eight hours, we need to, we need to figure out a way to budget nine hours to be in bed because we know how
0: important that is. Are you guys also involved on the nutrition side?
1: Yeah, so Kirk does a lot with nutrition, and um, we are a little bit involved in that. Although he has got a couple other guys, he's got—I know he works with an applied kinesiologist um, who who is really, really skilled in that front. Um, but I mean, there—I—I I don't think there is a thing that you will ask me about that Kirk isn't
0: disciplined on. I mean, it's Would just it? Tim. It's it's unbelievable. Like, I don't—I don't know. And heck, you know, I read more than most, but like a lot of people listening right now, I have to imagine, have no idea everything that goes into a quarterback, specifically Kirk Cousins, trying to make sure that that he's in the best position possible to play at the highest possible level.
1: Absolutely. And there's there's more than I think even we understand, or that Kirk might even realize all that he's done over the last you know, decade plus, really probably twenty some years to prepare himself for this. It's not you know, we see we see Sundays, right? And we see a couple plays and we can tag him as a hero or a GOAT or whatever based on a few plays for that week. But it's true that there is probably for every throw, there has been countless of hours of preparation. To put himself in that best possible scenario to succeed, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more on that.
0: You guys do measure his testosterone levels?
1: We do, and you know, obviously that stuff is is very private, and we're not going to talk about what those are. But um, yeah, he because that's huge with performance, right? It's all linked, and the more we realize that there are those links between the brain the cardiovascular system, the respiratory system, the endocrine system, you know, every organ of our body is linked and either pushes us towards performance or pushes us away from performance. And that's a huge indicator. I mean, we run a lot of hormone samples across many sports, and when testosterone especially decreases, performance, number one, goes down, but also propensity for injury goes up. So that's, that's huge.
0: That's key. Tim, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I think you're right. I think I could talk to you if I wanted to for, for two, three, four hours, if not days, if not months. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, I've used the word before, and I'll use it again. To me, just the brain side of things, the mental side of things, for an athlete to to optimize his or her performance, to me, is just it's incredibly fascinating. It really is.
1: Yeah, and we haven't even scratched the surface. You know, you talk about the brain and the mind and the difference between those two, and some of the stuff we're doing where we're literally – uh, interfacing with the electrical firing of the brain, you know, that we could dig into that science and how that can impact anyone. You know, you talk about Kirk, sure, but your listeners where they are, you know, waking up, making sales, being fathers, mothers, you know, employees, bosses, The the why whenever when our brains are where they need to be, we can set ourselves up for performance. And when they're not That performance hinders no matter what that performance is.
0: Tim, I greatly enjoyed the conversation. And when you make it here to the Twin Cities, make it here to the Twin Cities again. Let's maybe connect in person. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Tim Bergsma, Neurospeak Pro Managing Director. Him and his partner, Dr. Royer, go way back with Kirk Cousins, back to when Cousins was the quarterback at Michigan State. They are all about optimizing human performance. He laid out all the areas that they work with Kirk in, and I'm sure some that I didn't even have time to get to. We were at the 20-minute mark or 19-minute mark. I do not want to keep Tim for too much longer, but to me, that side of things, everything that goes into a quarterback trying to have the most success possible doesn't always work, but all the work that goes into a quarterback trying to have the most success possible is just, it is captivating to me. Hopefully, it's captivating to you as well, or maybe a fast-forward all the way through to this point – To hear Tom Thibodeau in just a second. We'll get to Tibbs in just a second, but let me tell you about the new sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. We are happy to have my bookie on board. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice going back two and a half years. Usually it's about fantasy football or who to bet on this week. The truth is, I wish I had all the answers. I certainly don't have all the answers. Sometimes I pretend like I have all the answers. Heck, at home with my wife, I pretend like I have all the answers, but I don't always have all the answers. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with MyBookie online, MyBookie.com. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I'm telling you, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. It is MyBookie, MyBookie.com. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie. You win! They pay. They have in game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code SCOOP to activate the offer. Promo code SCOOP. Visit MyBookie online today, MyBookie.com. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SCOOP when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie, MyBookie.com. We'll get to some Vikings notes before Tibbs. What did I jot down? Well, first off on George Iloka on Scoop Podcast episode, I think it was 168, I recorded that on a Monday afternoon or Monday evening. I said there was no traction on Iloka whatsoever. When I recorded that, that was true. Everything changed later that night, deep into the night. Iloka was on a plane the next morning at 7 a.m., got up at 5 a.m. to head to the airport, comes here. Really wasn't much of a recruiting pitch. He was willing to take the minimum $790,000. George Iloka signed here. What I can tell you, though, is it was Mike Zimmer who pushed iloka forward probably not a surprise but one to make sure that i said that forgot to mention that on scoop podcast episode 169 not quite sure the opinion was universal in the front office hey let's sign george iloka but mike zimmer said i will use him he is my guy i know how good he is i will find different ways to get him on the field and we can get him at a very low number which was true seven hundred and ninety thousand dollars with a $90,000 bonus. Why Iloka chose here over some other teams that called well before the Vikings. Again, the Vikings didn't call until about 48 hours into the process was they feel like his camp, the Iloka camp, feels like that they can cash out a year from now, that they don't necessarily think that Sandejo, Andrew Sandejo, will be here in a year, that George Iloka can get paid by the Vikings or somebody else one year from now. That to maximize George Iloka's potential, and his financial well-being to the fullest extent that the Vikings was the best possible scenario. So that means that there is a belief from the Iloka camp that he is going to play and play a healthy amount. So it will be interesting to see how the Vikings use Harrison Smith, Andrew Sandejo, and George Iloka on the field at the same time. Because make no mistake, even if Sandejo isn't here in a year, the Vikings still think the world of Anderson Deho. I know they do. So I don't see Anderson Deho going to the bench. I see all three safeties playing at the same time on certain downs. Minimum Chad Beebe, the undrafted wide receiver from Northern Illinois. Don Sun has put himself in a position to be in the practice squad. Who knows, maybe even the 53 man roster. He has been a star throughout camp and the preseason. Just a quick reminder, the Vikings did not sign him immediately after the draft. So they signed guys like Holton Hill. And others, and Mike Boone, for example. Others, Rock Thomas. They give these guys, you know, x amount of dollars to sign. Holton Hill, seventy five thousand dollars. Mike Boone, eight thousand dollars. What a steal on Mike Boone, by the way, who also had some interest from Denver and others. But the Vikings didn't draft a running back. Mike Boone's camp was smart. They said, Hey, Jerick McKinnon's gone. There's a chance to win a running back job there that you can make the fifty three man roster. So who cares if we sign for only eight grand? That's a good opportunity. But anyway, on BB, he wasn't signed. He committed to the Vikings rookie camp, then earned his way onto the 90-man roster. The Colts tried to get him in to their rookie camp. It was a week after the Vikings, or two weeks after. In fact, the Colts called before the Vikings, but the Vikings camp was before the Colts. He comes here. He impresses during that rookie camp on a tryout basis. The Vikings then sign him to the 90-man Roster and he never made it to Indianapolis to participate in their rookie camp. Chad Beebe, a name to remember. What else did I write down? Kendall Wright, certainly not a lock to make the 53 man roster on Brett Jones. A big reason why the Giants traded him, they tendered him at a second round level in the offseason $2.9 million. The Giants, per NFL PA records, are the only team, well, were, it's now past tense, were the only team with $1 million of cap space or under available so moving jones freed up 2.9 million the giants were up against a cap wise and allegedly they have all sorts of offensive line depth hard to believe but they have that depth so they took that seventh round pick next year from the vikings and do know that jones can play left guard so when pat Elfline is good to go i give up i punt on trying to figure out when exactly pat will play at this point week one looks like it's very much up in the air but Mike Zimmer said the other day that it doesn't look like Pat will start the regular season on the pup list so maybe he's back week two or week three whenever Alfline is back starting at center and he will he's going to start at center when he's healthy that Jones can play a left guard so no guarantee that Tom Compton is the starting left guard as we get into the season I think there's some moving parts still along that offensive line Trevor Simeon is officially the backup And Daniel Carlson, unless he goes belly up on Thursday in Nashville against Tennessee, he is the Vikings kicker. I know fans are upset about him missing all those kicks, the two kicks, I guess, against Seattle on Friday. But let me remind you that the Vikings moved up to take him in the draft. They thought the Miami Dolphins, who were ahead of them at the time, were going to snipe Carlson. So they moved up. And I can also tell you that not only did the Dolphins have interest in Carlson, New Orleans did, Jacksonville did, and Cincinnati did. So there was a healthy buzz around Carlson that Saturday of the draft. The Vikings felt like, hey, for us to secure his services, we need to move up into the fifth round, move up in the fifth round and grab him. So once you move up in the draft for a fifth round guy, you move up a specialist He was always going to be the guy. So I'm just telling you, I guess if he misses multiple kicks on Thursday, things could get interesting. But at this point, even after Friday's debacle, missing the two 42-yard field goals, Daniel Carlson is the Vikings kicker. I can tell you, though, the Forbath camp is still scratching their heads. They were scratching their heads when the Vikings moved up for Carlson. They're scratching their heads even more so now. You think about Kai making that big kick in the New Orleans playoff game, although that is easily forgotten because of the Minneapolis miracle. But Forbath... Made a long clutch kick late in that game. He made some other kicks. He did miss some extra points. So that did get on Mike Zimmer's nerves. But Kai Forbath also made a bunch of big kicks in a Vikings uniform. And the Vikings had him under contract for this year. So I just know the Forbath camp. And he doesn't have any tryouts lined up as of now. The rest of this week did try out for the Jets last week. And at some point, Forbath will end up with another job. But I do know the Forbath camp is scratching their heads even more so after Carlson's misses on Friday night. All right, let's get to the Wolves. I caught up with head coach slash president of operations Tom Thibodeau at the State Fair on Monday afternoon. Coaches, the State Fair, almost like an unofficial start of the season. I mean, next thing you know, all the guys will be back in town, and next thing you know, it's training camp.
2: It is. There's, it's symbolic of the end of the summer, then the craziness of everyone being out here. This is such a big uh, part of, of the fabric of the state, uh, and it's amazing. You, it's hard to describe. I was trying to describe it to my nephew, last week and uh, there's no way to describe it just so many people and people watching the food the rides the music Uh, it's pretty amazing so and you're right it it also marks the you know once this is we get past labor day uh, the players are back and we're up and running
0: you know a lot of people are going to stop you out here when people stop you whether it's even here or the airport a restaurant what inevitably comes up
2: well, the big thing is, uh, like, people were excited about the team and getting to the playoffs. And obviously, when you haven't been there since 2004, I think there was a great appreciation for that. And I was obviously very proud of the team and the way they fought to get in. And uh, And now we have to, uh, uh, you know, move forward off of that. And the challenge will be even greater this year with LeBron coming to the West. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. I mean, and
0: you got to maintain health, right? I mean, if you look back, if you have Jimmy for those 23 games, if you don't miss Jeff, maybe you
2: guys aren't playing Denver in that final game to get into the playoffs. You guys might have been a three or four seed. Well, that, you know, when Jimmy went down, we were a third seed, and, uh, and we saw how tight it was going down to the final game, and we were one game removed from being the fourth seed. So the, there's a lot of parity, and it would be a slugfest every night. The thing that I did like is I thought the chemistry – with uh, Carl, Jimmy, and Wig was very strong. When those three guys played together, our record was 27 and 10 in the West, and that's pretty significant. So, uh, but the, you know, we want to build off of that. We know we're going to have to be better this year. Anthony Tolliver to me
0: is a sneaky good signing. What about you? What do you think about Anthony?
2: Yeah, he you know, and he was terrific down the stretch uh, for Detroit. If you looked at his last 20 games, he played great basketball. Uh, but the challenge for us, when we looked at the season, we felt we did a lot of good things. Uh, our starters were ranked third in offensive efficiency and, and seventh in defensive efficiency. And our bench was fifth in offensive efficiency, but they were 30th in defensive efficiency. So we like the toughness that Tolliver brings to us. And, uh, and the fact that he could shoot the three, we, you know, obviously we, that's an area we want to take and make more threes. James not only can shoot the three, too, can't he? Yeah, that was a, that was a, a great pickup, I thought, for us. He, he shot 55% from three internationally last year, which was the best mark over there. Uh, and he's at a good age. He's at that 28-year-old mark, and and he's gotten better every year. Uh, and he's versatile. He can play multiple positions. So we're, we're looking forward to having him.
0: What sort of feedback did you get from Doc about C.J. Williams? I mean, to me, to get him on a two-way, a guy that started games last year, I mean, that's, that's a big-time move for, for a two-way contract.
2: Yeah, and you're hitting on something. Obviously, I have a close relationship with Doc, and they got put into a situation where they wouldn't be able to bring him back, and he felt very strongly about him. As did we. Uh, We had him the previous summer here, so we're familiar with him. And we wanted him last year on a two-way, but we weren't able to get that done. Uh, So we felt very fortunate to get him back. And you're right, he started a number of games uh, and played very well for him. And he's one of those guys, he just stays ready. He's always working on his game. He's a great pro, and he's gotten better each year as well.
0: Is there a chance that Justin Patton gets cleared for training camp?
2: We're hopeful. You know, We're taking it real slow with him this summer. He's doing very well. Uh, and we're optimistic that he'll be ready for training camp. And uh, you know, and again, there's a learning curve. Basically, this will be his rookie year, uh, but we think he has a huge upside. So we're looking forward to having him with us.
0: No matter of when not if Cat signs the extension. I mean, you guys don't turn down max money off rookie contracts.
2: Yeah, I, and again, I really don't want to talk about the negotiation, but obviously, we feel very strongly about him, and we're optimistic that we could get it done uh, before the season. And
0: then on Jimmy, is there disappointment that he turns down the extension offer?
2: Not really. I think you, if you look around the league, you, you see it's similar to other players that are in that position, uh, and he's earned the right to be a free agent, but there's a benefit for him to wait also, uh, and so yeah, we know what we have to do. We think we have a lot to offer. We think we have uh, a big upside with our team, uh, in, in and I think that as time goes on, uh, we'll have a great shot at, at signing him. A full year of Derrick Rose, how beneficial will that be? That's great. You know, I had an opportunity to go out to L.A. and spend some time with all of those guys. Uh, And Derek, this is the first summer in the last five years he hasn't been doing rehab. So he's healthy and he's chomping at the bit. He's raring to go. So we're looking forward to having him. I thought that was a critical signing for us as well.
0: When you say L.A., I mean, Derek, Taj, I mean, who who's all out there? I mean, is everybody
2: out there? (laughs) Just about, yeah. Taj goes back and forth between New York and L.A. Carl is out there. Uh, Jimmy's all, all out there, and he does quite a bit of traveling. Uh, Derek's out there, so you, we have quite a few guys that spend time there. Jeff Teague stays in Indianapolis; he runs his AAU program, so uh, he's a gym rat. He's in the gym every day. So uh, sometimes with the older guys, you have to go out to find them, and you know, and, and that's fine. Andrew's in and out he, between here in uh, Toronto. Uh, but all the young guys have been here all summer, and they've done a great job preparing for the season. Speaking of traveling, did you enjoy some travel this summer? Yeah, it was great. I got back to Connecticut with my family, so we spent some time on the shore. And then uh, I spent a little time out in L.A. Um, just hanging out. And it's important to recharge
0: the battery every summer?
2: No question. I think, you know, the off season. you know, the, you have your list of things to do in terms of going through the previous season. And then you add your players through the draft, free agency. Then you map out the uh, you know changes and new ideas that you want to add to the playbook. Uh, but then it's also important in in the month of August to get away and recharge. And so I felt I was able to do that as well.
0: I saw some pictures of Tyus Jones the other day. I mean, he's over at Mayo Clinic Square a lot. Is he noticeably bigger, thicker? I mean, he just he looks like a different human being right now.
2: He does a great job in the off season. Uh, and he stays, he has a routine that, he, you know, he's here most of the summer and then the last month he goes out to Anaheim, which, you know, is a little different. Uh, but he's, he's in great shape and uh, each year he's gotten better and better. So we're looking forward uh, to, I think our, our depth is going to be an asset and uh, I think that'll be critical uh, this year with the way the West is.
0: Is there some interest there in signing him to a longer-term deal? I mean, you guys can do that here for, for the next handful of weeks.
2: You know, and obviously, we you know we want to you know keep the good players here, but uh, when the time comes, we'll address that.
0: Jimmy will be okay for training camp with the with the hand surgery. Uh,
2: actually, you know, and, and I think you guys uh, know Jimmy a little bit. Each year, Jimmy's come come back with something uh, significant you know, where he's added to his game. And so he's worked extremely hard on his left, and he's he's added uh, a few other moves. So uh, we're looking forward to the season. And, of course, health is the big thing for all of us. Go-to food. Uh, well, you, you have to have the cookies. That I'm, I'm, I'm still, I, I want to try to pork chop on a stick. That's a must. And uh, I think that's where I am right now. I want those two things.
0: Somebody chiming in there at the end asking Tibbs about his go-to food since we connected with Tibbs. At the State Fair. And I get it. Maybe I'm biased because I had C.J. Williams on the podcast a few weeks ago. I still think that is a really good signing. But I fully get it that he has a long way to go to actually crack the rotation. So even though he started 17 games last year for the Clippers, the Wolves got him somehow on a two-way, not a standard contract, but a two-way contract. Even so, he has a long way to go. I like his chances, but he's got a long way to go to actually crack Tibbs's rotation. So maybe I got a little excited there talking to Tibbs about CJ Williams. On Cat, I take Tibbs at face value. I've been saying for weeks I'm a broken record. So I'm glad Tibbs said something publicly. The expectation remains that Cat is signing the five year max extension, which will contain the language that if he makes all NBA again next summer, two consecutive years of making all NBA, that he gets a $30 million bump. The Wolves are willing to do that. I'm just telling you, the expectation remains that Carl Anthony Towns before the deadline in mid October will sign the five-year max extension. The news came out on Monday afternoon that the Wolves invited Dang Adele of Louisville to training camp. He signed a training camp contract. I am told just to add on to the story, he recently worked out for the Wolves. He's a wing they feel like has some potential. Probably ends up in the G League, maybe for the Iowa Wolves. That would be the hope, the Iowa Wolves. They want him with the Iowa Wolves, but just a name to remember, Dengadel of Louisville. Gorgie Jang is expected to play for Senegal. I mentioned in episode 169 that he was on the fence. He is listed on their roster. I said that somebody close to him said... He's still up in the air. Another person close to the situation said, yeah, he is playing. The expectation is, at least from the Senegal side, is Gorgie Jang will play for them in their World Cup qualifying games the weekend of September 14th. What else do I want to get to? I did catch up with Bob Motzko, Kelly Roysland, and Carly Thibault Dudonis at the State Fair on Monday. I think I will save those conversations for episode 171. I can say, on the Gophers men's hockey front, the first team meeting will be next Tuesday. Then practice begins soon thereafter. Scott Bell left for the Maple Leafs. The situation there is Scott was okay to stay for the year, but Matsko couldn't make any assurances beyond the one year. Bell got all sorts of... Assurances that he could be with the Maple Leafs for multiple years. So Scott Bell was looking at the long-term situation, his professional situation. Unsure if he would be here with the Gophers for the 2019-2020 season. So he jumped on the opportunity to join the Maple Leafs organization. So Matsko has an assistant coach spot to fill. Look for a hire to happen in the next week. So by the time they have that team meeting, at least what Matsko said on Monday at the fair, that he is moving toward finalizing a hire. What else did I write down on the Gophers football front? As of Sunday, there were about 6,000 tickets left for Thursday's opener against New Mexico State. They are running ads everywhere. So if you're thinking about going to the game, trust me, it won't cost you all that much money. They are hoping for a sellout, but right now some disappointment with so many tickets remaining. I will play a clip that I tweeted out the other day. PJ Fleck met with. A few of us, actually, I wasn't there, but he met with our Channel 5 cameraman on Sunday afternoon. He was asked about a year into his Gophers tenure, you know, how much the row the boat message resonates. And here was his lengthy response. I thought it was a great response. So I want to play that here on my podcast.
3: To think back, it was one thought. It was it was uh, that stemmed from adversity um, that took a while to develop. That when I kind of unveiled it, everybody made fun of it, and people still do. Um but at the end of the day that's always going to happen when you sit there and say here i am as a person and you share yourself with other people instead of closing yourself off and when you have something like row the boat and you share that with everybody else not only that you attach it to your football program so everybody else can look at your football program not only just a football program but something that can inspire and motivate others who don't have anything to do with football um, and to hear these stories that inspire people And to hear what our program is what that one thought was and that one slogan was years ago and what it's about to see that inspire and motivate other people to be better to not give up um, whether people have lost somebody or have been through and beat it um, to be able to either celebrate and create a foundation create a fund live somehow in memory of that person or celebrate that person still being here um, you know Through that type of never give up attitude it's inspiring it is and i i told you before that as a football coach we have a platform and what you do with that platform is very powerful Uh, you have a message and whatever you decide to share that message to other people that's your decision Um, we decide to say okay yes wins and losses are going to be judged onto me as a football coach but me as a, a person and, and somebody who's a public figure, I want to be looked at as somebody who can bring hope and, and, and motivation and inspiration to families who are dealing with things that maybe they have nowhere else to turn. Uh, maybe they need something else. They need a jump start. And if they can look at our program, then we're doing our job. Then I'm doing my job as a head football coach. Because I know not only just people around our state and all over the country who have emailed and, and, and tweeted and, and direct messaged and sent things. And I get more mail than I've ever imagined. I spend more time writing letters back half the time than I'm sitting there going, man, at some point i got to watch some film here. But that's if they're going to write me, I'm going to write them back. And that's a powerful message. And when you walk down our tunnel and you see all those oars and we're rotating those, that's inspiring. You know you're making a difference.
0: Powerful words from Gophers head coach P.J. Fleck, especially when you think about the happenings at Maryland, at Ohio State. And not to say that, hey, the Gophers – Won't have any more issues. We've known that they've had issues, right? I mean, not just football, other sports. So inevitably something will pop up. But when you think about just the seriousness of what's taking place at the University of Maryland, at the University of Ohio State, the Ohio State University, however they want to call themselves, whatever. I mean, it's it's despicable. It's disgusting. It is, heck, a young man lost his life at the University of Maryland. I just think it means something that P.J. Fleck runs things the right way. And, again, there will be adversity. There will be hurdles. There will be a player or two in the news for the wrong reasons at some point. It might be a year from now, two years from now. It's just the way it is when there's over 100 players. But P.J. Fleck does things the right way. He's a man of integrity. I just think it matters. So I wanted to play that message when he talks about a year later, how row the boat resonates here in Minnesota, him bringing that powerful message and what it means. And after he lost – his infant son many years ago. Just what it means is he has now transitioned here to Minnesota now that he's been here almost 18 months. Also on Gophers football, Seth Green, if it ever got to the situation of the Gophers needing a third quarterback, P.J. Fleck was asked about that on Sunday. He said, I don't want to tell you. The belief is that Seth Green, if they had to, boy, they would be in a tough spot if Anikstead and Morgan went down. But if need be, Seth Green could slide in and play quarterback. What else did I write down? I saw John Rothstein's tweet on Monday about Amir Coffey getting cleared. It got some traction, retweets and likes. I mean, it's what we've been talking about here on the podcast going back a number of weeks. I mean, when the Gophers were practicing throughout the summer, Amir was practicing. I mean, heck, they were using him at point guard. They did... Have a situation where they were trying to limit or even take out any contact, but he was always trending the right way. I mean, he was shooting, he was going through drills, he was practicing with the team. So, of course, now, you know, as we talk now, four or five, six weeks later, yeah, I mean, he's ready for contact. He's ready to go when they start practicing here in a few weeks. So, definitely not a surprise. On Zeke Najee, he visits Purdue Monday, Illinois Tuesday, then before the week is over, UCLA. In Arizona, recently visited Ohio State. At Ohio State, he hung out with Wolves rookie Kata bates Jop. He also visited Indiana. He visited Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. He visited Kansas State and Creighton. He'll visit Kansas soon as he attempts to whittle down his list. He's got over 20-something scholarship offers. Zeke Najee Hopkins High School forward, class of 2019 the espn rankings were updated on monday i saw he was ranked number 37 nationally in the class of 2019 the gophers won him badly the badgers won him badly he's expected to make up his mind sometime before hopkins's season begins in november i have a few more notes including a recruit that the gophers men's basketball team called on on monday but let me give some love to skyline specs They also keep the Scoop podcast going. Skyline Specs is an urban lifestyle brand that connects people to the Twin Cities community. They are a local student startup that does this by engraving major city skylines, such as Minneapolis and St. Paul, on the sides of their premium wooden sunglasses. They offer a variety of polarized styles that you are sure to love. Use promo code MN MN for 15% off. The website is skylinespecs.com, skyline, S-P-E-C-S, specs.com, Skyline specs. Rob Jeter, Gophers men's basketball assistant coach, reached out on Jalen Suggs, stud from Minnehaha Academy, class of 2020. Speaking of Minnehaha Academy, so Jace Frederick, who does great work for the Pioneer Press, sent me a note on Monday afternoon. He's working on a feature story about the Division one football players for SMB, it's Minnehaha Academy, St. Paul Academy, and Blake. Terry Lockett, big-time wide receiver. He's got offers from the Gophers. Iowa, Nebraska, the offer list will grow and grow. He's got a D1 basketball offer from Hampton. So I was at the school a couple weeks ago interviewing Terry, and among questions I asked him was just about how excited he was for this season playing for SMB. He talked about how much he thinks that they can go undefeated. Well, it turns out he knew then when he talked to me on August 13th that he was moving to Ohio. He is now officially in Ohio He's no longer on the SMB football team, moved to Ohio to go to a prep school. So that SMB football team with Caden Johnson, Jalen Suggs, Craig McDonald, and Terry Lockett no longer has Lockett. They still have three players with Big Ten offers. McDonald should get a Gophers offer at some point. I don't know if they will. I think they should have offered him already, but that's my bias. But he has an Iowa offer. Jalen Suggs has any number of football and basketball offers. He's going to play basketball at the D1 level. Then Caden Johnson went to Ohio State Camp this summer as a Nebraska offer, a Badgers offer, and a Gophers offer. A big time linebacker in the class of 2020. But definitely interesting that Terry Lockett leaving Minnehaha Academy to go to a prep school in Ohio. I hope to connect with Ryan Suter in the next week or two as he continues his rehab. But I just know from correspondence with him that he is doing fantastic. The doctors may hold him back, the trainers may hold him back when training camp starts here in a couple weeks, but he feels like he'll be good to go come the regular season. You think about that serious injury he suffered at the end of the regular season, not that long ago. Ryan Souter is an absolute freak of a human being. He is healing tremendously well. On the Twins front, remember the Thad Levine was on Scoop Podcast episode 168 early last week. He said this week Brad Style, who runs their pro scouting department, was bringing in some scouts. They were going to start mapping out a plan to scout pending free agents so that will take place this week next week the twins won't call up any guys on September 1st they will wait for the triple a season to end so we're looking at like next monday or tuesday so we'll keep an eye on Byron Buxton Nick Anderson and others that will get the call up when the twins roster major league baseball rosters expand from 25 players you can go as high as 40 typically nobody goes that high heck you wouldn't have a reason to go that high, but you will bring in a couple extra pitchers, a couple other guys that you want to take a look at in the month of September as rosters expand. I'm looking, did I jot down anything else? I mentioned Matsko, Roysland, Tebow, that I'll bring those to you, those conversations to you next time I record a scoop podcast, which might be a few days away, it might be Saturday, it might actually be as we flip the calendar from August to September. I don't think I have anything else. Overly pressing. If I do, I'll tweet it. D. Wolfson KSTP. Oh, that's right. I have the teams that will be at TCF Bank Stadium for Gophers and New Mexico State on Thursday night. Let me find it here. Here are the NFL scouts that will be at the Gophers New Mexico State game on Thursday night. Rams, Ravens, Cowboys, Jets. The Bills will have two scouts there, the 49ers and the Vikings. The Vikings will have four scouts at Gophers New Mexico State on Thursday night. So, 11 total scouts from the NFL will be at the Gophers and New Mexico State game, TCF Bank Stadium, 6 p.m. on Thursday night. If I have anything else that I forgot because I just scribbled some notes as I record this in between some TV duties, if I have anything that hits me, I'll tweet it D Wolfson, KSTP. That'll do it for Scoop Podcast, episode 170. Always appreciate you listening.
4: To be your best every day,